I'd ask you to open your Bibles with me this morning to chapter 4 of the Old Testament book of Jonah, as we are going to be continuing in a brand new sermon series that we have started called Deep Emotion. We are, we are looking at specific emotions and qualities of emotions that, gar- that God carved into you. He carved into his image in you in creation. But we're not just going to look at the surface of these emotions. We're actually going deep into some of these emotions in this sermon series. I wonder if you have ever heard anyone say, or maybe they said it too, oh, you need to get your emotions in check. I wonder if you ever heard anyone say, ooh, ooh, they're on the crazy train right now, right? So uh, you, you hear, you need to get yourself under control, man. We're looking at these specific emotions in this series in the proper godly use of these emotions because emotions are great but out of control they are a mess even an emotion like joy joy sounds positive and and it is positive but joy out of control can become a mess if our entire lives is pizza parties and pony rides and and puppy dogs and then we get around to paying our bills and and going to the dentist and we we try and put the sometimes joy just uncontrolled can really mess things up what about an emotion like like sorrow well sorrow uncontrolled Imagine if everyone in this room were in a deep, deep, deep sorrow, just uncontrolled right now. There'd really be nobody around to console us, right? Even sorrow uncontrolled can be a mess. Oh, here's a big one, uh, pride. Pride uncontrolled. You can find somebody who who starts to have these narcissistic tendencies and and people who only think about themselves. Pride uncontrolled can be a real mess. I want you to see what the writer in in Proverbs chapter 29 writes about pride. He, He writes, pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. Pride uncontrolled can be a mess. Oh, here's a big one. What about hate? Hate without control is a mess. If you watch the news at all in the last 24 hours, or rather at any time in the last 24 years, I'm sure that you have seen hate without control on exhibit. And you can see how it just is a mess. This morning, as we look at this emotion specifically, I promise you that you've seen it in your life, either your own or somebody around you, uncontrolled. There is a place, however, for this emotion. There's a place for every emotion, but there is never a place for this emotion to be uncontrolled. I want to come back to something that we learned last week, and this is so important. Only God can define emotions. Only God can define how we are supposed to use our emotions. Do not let the world tell you how to use your emotion. It is not up to the world to redefine something that God carved into you. 
it's going to be so important as you move forward, as we grow forward to learn and to know and to recognize where the definition of our emotions come from, especially when we look at an emotion like we look at this morning, when we look at anger. Only God can write the definition and the proper uses for anger. Just as love is a strong emotion that we've seen that, that God created, anger also is an emotion that not only did God create, we know that God has used, we know that God very well is using and very well is going to use again in the future. But when we go into the Bible and we see God's usage of anger, we see it in response to sin. We see it in response to disobedience. God holds the privilege to be angry at his his creation for not following his commands or his desires. Does God have that privilege? Sure, God has that privilege. But do we have that privilege to be angry at God's creations for not following our commands or our desires? No, we don't have that privilege. God's anger is very, very controlled. So controlled, we see this in the Old Testament, that God used his anger with deep planning. Who's ever planned to be angry? God used it very, very controlled in a fashion that he had plans. We see this when the nation of Judah was disobedient. God used the Babylonian Empire to punish the people of Judah and then he used the Persians to punish the people of the Babylonian Empire later for punishing the people of Judah. God had this all planned out. I wonder if we have ever thought about our response after anger. If we ever think about that beforehand. In all of God's work, he's been showing us that this is an emotion that he created and it is to be very controlled. We see in the gospel, we saw, we saw Jesus go into the temple and we saw him drive out money changers and he was flipping over tables of the guys who were there and, and selling doves in the marketplace in the temple. But we saw Jesus do this very controlled. There's absolutely no indication that Jesus lost all of his physical uh, faculties and, and, and he was just this wild man. That was, no. He knew what he was doing. His anger at that time was very planned, very controlled. We don't see anyone got hurt, but we see that Jesus' point got across. See, before we even read content about anger in the Bible, we see that this is an instrument of God. There is a, there is a recognition that anger is part of our build. We have the ability to be very angry, but it has to be coped with prudently and it has to be controlled. How controlled is your anger? I wonder if you know somebody, well, let me rephrase that. You know somebody 
whose anger has been out of control. It's not biblical. I'm going to take you to I'm going to take you to a man in the Bible, one of the most well-known men in the entire Bible. Even the kids know this guy. He was a prophet. God used him to spread God's message to other people. He is most widely known for three days in his entire life. Every kid knows about these three days, this adventure, but they might not know about his angry side. His temper. I'm going to give you the cliff notes to 75% of the book of Jonah over the first three chapters. I'm going to wrap it up for you in in about 75 seconds, and that's going to lead us to chapter 4, which is where our lesson is going to be this week. So Jonah is a prophet of God. Jonah has a lot of hate in his heart. He hates the Ninevites, the people who live in Nineveh. God tells Jonah... I want you to go and I want you to preach to the people in Nineveh. Jonah's like, "Uh uh-uh, I hate him. I'm running, running from God. He runs and gets on a ship. He's going to go to Tarshish. He is running away from God. God finds him on the ship, bunch of waves. The other guys on the ship, they're like, oh, what's going on here? And they throw Jonah overboard. Big fish comes inside the fish for three days, right? We know that, Jonah and the whale, right? So... This whale vomits out Jonah out on the beach. Jonah prayed in the whale, and he comes to an agreement with God. Okay, I'll go and I'll do your work. Jonah still hates the Ninevites. God says to Jonah, okay, let's try this again. Let's start over. I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to talk to them, and I want you to tell them that I'm angry with them, and they need to change their ways. Jonah isn't happy about this. He's not happy at all. He knows God. He knows how God's anger works. What Jonah wants is to bring down wrath on the Ninevites. So he's not terribly thrilled. Jonah goes into Nineveh. He preaches to them. He says, God is going to destroy your city if you do not repent and come to God right now. If you don't change your ways. What Jonah wants is for them to just be destroyed. You know what they do? They repent. They change their ways. Jonah is so mad now because God's not going to crush him. (sighs) He's frustrated. Come with me to Jonah chapter 4. I'm in verse number 1. This is after God tells Jonah, okay, I'm not going to destroy him right now. Here's a conversation. Jonah chapter 4. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you would be merciful and a compassionate God, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. You were eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. And the Lord replied, he says, is it right for you to be angry about this? Here's point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you joining us for the first time, in your bulletin on the back, you've got some fill-in-the-blanks, and I'm going to give you those, and they're going to be up here on the screen. Point number one in your notes this morning is this. Uncontrolled anger can lead to overreactions. Uncontrolled anger can lead to overreactions. 
I'll tell you, looking back at my life, the moments that stick out that I say, wow, I should have reset, those are moments when I overreacted. You remember any of those moments in your life? They'll stick around, huh? In the Old Testament, the book of Job and Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, we refer to these as wisdom literature. And I want, to, I want you to hear what some of the wisest men wrote about, about anger. I'm in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 29. We read this, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Ooh. Proverbs, or I'm sorry, Job number, uh, chapter 18, verse number 4. You may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? Will that make rocks tremble? Who's ever said that? Oh, I just want to pull my hair out. Okay, some people have said that, right? Oh, Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person starts fights and a hot person temper, a hot tempered person commits all kinds of sin. I'm wondering, when was your last bout of uncontrolled anger, and how did that work out for you? Probably really didn't work out very well. I wonder, did you ever quit? Did you ever quit a job? Did you ever quit a team because you couldn't win? Kids do that sometimes when they first start playing with others. Oh, I give up. I quit. Yeah, I can't win. Did you ever leave because you couldn't be first? happens sometimes like we overreact week number one of baseball training camp because we can't hit as well as the other kids we overreact and we say okay that's it I'm done yeah I'm not coming back that's it see we, we get angry and we overreact these overreactions they easily can pull us outside of that place that God put you we overreact to something and now we're back at home by ourselves. We're not doing what God has intended for us. I wonder if you've ever been to a high school graduation. You hear the college valedictorian get up and then giving a speech. And, 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 and Well, this I've never heard. I've never heard a teenage uh, kid get up and say, you know what, I want to thank my parents for always being angry at me. All of these grades that I got, it was because their strong dedication to anger, just to, you know, be mad at me. Uh, you know, I've never heard of a dad that sits down at the kitchen table with kids and says, you know, let's, let's kids, all of this food tonight, it's a blessing because of, I'm so angry. What God gave us. I've never heard of a Nobel Peace Prize being given uh, a medal of accomplishment for somebody who has accomplishments now in the field of atomic anger. We just don't give out those awards. Anger always leads to something. You know, it, it's that cool down period. As, as parents, we, we call it, what do we call it? The timeout, right? Put the kids in the timeout and you're going to sit there. And sometimes as adults, we go and have to have a timeout too, right? That happens. I'm sure that we've all needed a timeout. I'm sure some of you are looking around at the person next to you and saying, hey, pastor, this guy needs a timeout right here. So our man and Jonah, with the, with the overreacting anger, Jonah actually is going to put himself in a timeout. Come back with me. We're in Jonah chapter 4. I'm in verse number 5. 
Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Let me tell you what he's doing. He's pouting. He just went outside, giving himself time out, and he's pouting. And the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun, and it eased his discomfort, and Jonah was grateful for the plant. You know, what's this plant have to do with the story? And we'll get to that in a minute. I want you to write this down. This is point number two in your notes this morning. Our first reactions to difficult situations are often not our last reactions. Your first reaction might be anger to a difficult situation. But more often than not, that's not your last reaction. If the timeout is your first reaction, chances are that's not your last reaction. You're just kind of gathering your thoughts, right? So you can come back. Cain, in the New Testament book of Genesis, he is remembered for killing his brother. And what he's not really remembered for is being a founder of a city and a, that he named a son, uh, the city after his son Enoch. He's not, not remembered for that. He is remembered, though, for his anger. There is Jonah here in his time out, and he's out here pouting in his shelter, and, and God gives Jonah a nice plant to give him some shade. He says, here you go, Jonah. Here you go, little guy. Here's some shade for you. Just kind of sit there and get your time out for a little bit, and then we'll kind of regroup, and we'll come back together, and we'll, we'll do this again. But he's out there, and he's, he's frustrated. What he's not doing right now is ministering to the people in Nineveh. He's angry. He's in time out. Kind of kicking it for a minute. Psalm 37, verse number 8, reads like this. It says, stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. It's not up for us. It's not up to us to do the destroying, right? That's not our job. So stop being angry. Just cool down. I want to look at places where your anger might be your first reaction. And it might be that reaction that now you're known for. What about your social media feed? Well, that's a great place for anger, right? Because you're behind a screen, you're behind a keyboard, and you can just be angry, and you read something that somebody else has posted, and, and you don't like it, and you're going to set them right. You're going to, right? And so, it, and it's just pure anger through a keyboard. And again, and I'd ask you, how, how, how'd that work out for you? Right? We can ruin relationships even on a keyboard. You know that 99% of the time when you're angry, you really don't have to react at all. Anger is just that first reaction. It's that impulse reaction. It's that overreaction. Most of the time, if you didn't even react with that anger, the situation would move on and we'd be okay. Now we're going to be able to, to deal with whatever it is, that, that underlying issue. It's not fruitful. I don't know of anything that comes from harm and anger. What if our reactions to the difficult situations that we are in, what if those reactions were more the reaction of our time out than 
our time before timeout. What if it was more calm? People say, count to five. They say, cool down, take a deep breath. And all that stuff is there for a reason. Maybe those are things that we need to incorporate. How many parents can relate to the fact that sometimes, though, timeouts don't work? You ever notice that? Put the kid in timeout. All right, you can come out. And what does he do? He goes into the room. He grabs a handful of Legos and throws them at his sister, right? Here we go. Back to timeout. You need to do it again. That happens. Apparently, Jonah's timeout didn't work. He didn't spend enough time there. Come back with me. We're in Jonah chapter 4, verse number 7. So there was this plant, okay, that came up, made some shade for Jonah when he's out outside the city. But God arranged a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head and he grew faint and he wished he could die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Jonah says, yes, even angry enough to die. Really? Really? Here's the third point in your notes this morning. Write this down. Anger often makes difficulties feel much bigger. Anger often makes difficulties feel much bigger. Let's call it what it is. Jonah lost this plant that God had given him to cover his head. And verse 8 says, now the sun beat down on his head. Okay? And again, Jonah tells God, just kill me now. I'm done. Checking out. Pine box. Bury me. I'm angry enough to die. That plant's gone. Talk about, talk about a, a second bout of overreaction. We just had this a, a, a few minutes ago, now, or a, a day ago, and now here's another massive overreaction. But this is what floors me. What is getting in Jonah's craw? What's making him angry right now? The, the sun grew hot and it's beating down on his head. You know what that leads to? It's a sunburn. It's a sunburn. His head's hot. He's in this uncontrollable anger stage now because he's got a sunburn. I've had a sunburn. You know what? It's uncomfortable for a couple of days. It is. But I think that we would say it's an overreaction for us to pray for death because of a sunburn. You know, here, Jonah, that's an aloe plant right there. Grab some of that, rub it on your arm, and just kind of sit down. That'll make things better. Just kind of, baby Jonah, here, just take it easy for a little bit. You want a binky? Here, here's some aloe vera for you, too. He gets gets so upset because of sun on his head. Overreaction to say, give me death because of a sunburn? I think so. I wonder if we have ever overreacted. And then when we come back and we look at what it is that really is the problem Is it worth death? Is it on that same scale? God says this in verse number 10. Then the Lord said, 
You feel sorry about the plant, but you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh, it has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? See, God's coming back to the point. This is what it's all about. It's not about your sunburn. It's about people who are in spiritual darkness. I sent you there to minister to them, and you're here wanting to die because you're hot. Point number four in your notes is this. Anger takes our eyes off of Jesus. Plain and simple. Anger takes our eyes off of Jesus. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says this. It says, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. You know what the devil loves? Anger. He knows how your emotions work. He knows that it's really easy to get your emotions out of control. And anger is one that is really easy to get out of control because it's hot. But joy can get out of control too. There's somebody in your life who has had to deal with your temper. There's people in my life that have had to deal with my temper. We've got to get those in check, right? Anger takes our eyes off of Jesus. Because whatever situation you are in, you're in that situation for a reason. God has put you there to shine his light, to be salt and light to the earth. How can we be salt and light when we are just screaming anger? When that's what people see in us, when they see venom, they don't see Jesus. But that's our job. That's our job is to teach and tell everyone. Yeah, anger is an emotion. It's built into us. But it has to be controlled. You say, Pastor, when is the time that we can properly use anger? We can be angry. We can be angry that society has come so far off of God's commands. It's, we can look and we can be frustrated. But the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Is it okay to be upset? Yeah. There's some things that we can change, and there's some things that we can't change. We can change the way that other people see Jesus through us. We can do that. Maybe we change by allowing others to see Jesus through us. Maybe they've never seen Jesus in us. Maybe that's the first change. Anger is an emotion that is okay but it has to be controlled. Now, I'll give you another tip. Sometimes we need help to learn 
when our anger has crossed that line. I'll be honest with you, sometimes we don't notice it right away, do we? Husbands, wives, this is where we work together, okay? This is where we work together. Because your first reaction to somebody else's anger, if your first reaction is anger, then we've got overreaction party going on here, right? And we'll never get back to where we need to be. We'll never get back to our focus on Jesus in our relationships. All of our relationships, all of our conversations, everything that you do, whether you know it or not, everything that you do shows Jesus. Everything that you do. That's why the Bible tells us, be of sober mind, be ready, right? But our reactions, they're really, really important to know what we're going to do when the situation turns towards something that doesn't really satisfy us right now. Anger's a tough emotion. I'll tell you, throughout this sermon series, there's some other emotions that we're going to talk about that you might be experiencing here, maybe at this time of life. I know that we just came out of a period where we lost a lot of family. The church has been transformed. Our families have been transformed. There's a lot of things that are different. There's a lot of things to be joyous about, but there's a lot of things to be sad about. And there's plenty of things that we can be angry about. But we can be angry about it without sinning, but learning and recognizing that as long as our eyes are on Jesus, we're okay. As long as our eyes are on Jesus, as long as we can show others to Jesus, it's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. It's just when we get ourselves out of a position, out of a position, and we let our emotions take over, hmm, and we've let our emotions take over. 